What is going on, everybody? This is Candler English here with Training Ground Garage Talks. This is a space where we have open discussions about what it means to be a Christ-centered man in today's world. And we're so pumped to have you here with us. Let's dive in. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Candler English here. I'm with uh, Lee Hollis and Corey Smith. Yo. Hello. Do you want to say anything about it? Yes. <laughs> Hello. Beautifully British. Um, so this is a part two of four. We're talking about um, four things that young men need. Um, and so, yeah, just to kind of kick us off, we're um, kind of going to be focusing tonight on the wilderness aspect of manhood. Um, and what that can mean and what that can look like. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to kick it off to you guys, and I guess I can start with you, Lee. What was your first experience, maybe as a boy? Um, in I, the I remember being scholarshiped to a YMCA Camp Benson in northeastern Wisconsin. Camp Benson. Wood floors, you know, just simple cabin, cabin no insulation. How old were you? Six years old. Six. Wow. Old iron <laughs> bunk bed with an iron spring lattice. Just threw your suitcase on top Hold of on. it. Is this like uh, like a week long? This like, was two weeks. Two oh. weeks without your parents at six years old. My mom was so happy. <laughs> Dang. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That was my first experience. Wow. Scared to death. Well, tell yeah. What well, yeah? Well, walk us walk us through the emotional. There uh, was journey. like. Like, they had these paddles over the fireplace that had claw marks on them. And they told the story of Paul Bunyan and the wolf lady. And this wolf lady was this girl who got locked in the basement, and her parents oh didn't gosh. like her. And she was chained to the wall, and she ate mice and stuff and became this wild child and battled Paul Bunyan. And he used these oars to defend himself and had these... Claw marks on it. Anyway. You, you obviously remember the story. <laughs> it's stuck. And you were six um, years old. I mean, old. she is in the basement. I see her long, scraggly hair and fingernails, man. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we yeah. call that nightmare fuel. <laughs> yeah. It's probably just a raccoon. So, like, Dude. clawing away. <laughs> yeah, that's my first camping experience right there. I did really well at Archery and Rifle, and they gave me the nickname Eagle Eye. Ah. So, at six? Yeah. Dang. Just crushing it. Yep. They gave you a rifle at six. A BB gun. Ah. You know. So were there like were there a lot of other kids? Like how big was the camp? Or you know, um, I revisited this place actually, and it it is all of seventy feet wide, wide, uh -huh. eighty feet wide, and maybe three hundred fifty feet long. And the the old dining hall is now a house, and all the cabins are gone. But and the medical thing is a garage, and yeah. So, but as a kid, it was huge. Yeah, you know, yeah, like this. Yeah, and yeah, it was amazing. How about you? That's fun. First first camping experience. First or? camping. You know, my my dad kind of grew up in the woods, so I kind of got kind of baptized early into the into the wilderness. It could have been, you know, I, I have like. What's the word amalgamum of of events? Um, everything from, you know, the car camping cabin tent, um, you know, where we used to like spit uh, watermelon seeds off the hill, and we were told as kids that they would grow, and then an adult had planted a watermelon down That's there, sick. and then <laughs> jumped up over the hill and went down and 
Lo and behold, they come up with this watermelon, and all the kids are like, "You're like, Crap, oh my god, that was awesome!" <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I mean, my dad, I, I killed my first deer when I was in fifth grade with a wow. shotgun before I went to school. It was just kind of the place that I grew up. And twelve gauge, twelve gauge buckshot, all right. three shots. And um, did you get a nickname? I had no nickname. Like, <laughs> e- uh, I'm sorry, Not I fell eye. short of eagle eye. <laughs> um, but for sure, I grew up. You know, uh, kind of uh, rural parts of Virginia. Um, so the wilderness was kind of part of just our lifestyle, and we grew up eating venison and you know catching you know bass on the Shenandoah River and eating them. And wow. so it was kind of an integrated part of our lifestyle. But what about yeah. you, man? What about yeah. you, rural Georgia boy? Yeah, yeah. Peach, well, peach I, tree. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I grew up in a pretty. Um, middle class neighborhood but kind of in the backdrop of all that were just farmland so we as kids would cut through people's land and have them screaming no one ever shot a gun i don't think but it was uh it's definitely a wild wild time but two um probably my first i mean yeah i grew up running through the woods and um yeah just cutting through creeks but i think mainly we would always go up to the north georgia mountains um as a kid and i would just go up there my parents pretty much turned me loose with a bb gun just to like hunt squirrels and like we never never ate them never cooked them but i think just the sport um of being able to i don't know just step into that kind of like hunting role of like i can create my own adventure today right um and so yeah i was just very um kind of blessed to have these like little moments of like yeah like there was always the woods but there were these kind of almost heightened moments of awareness when I was in a new environment where it's like, wow, I can really explore. I can run. I can be off on my own, really. And I I think that was the biggest thing for me and still is today of just going into the woods and almost not being seen. It almost sometimes feels like it's the only place sometimes that I can be seen by myself Mm -hmm. um, because I'm maybe not looking at myself through other people's eyes per se. Um, so yeah, I mean, I am somewhat of a naturalist in terms of like, that's really just how I get fueled and filled up and I have to be intentional about taking time to do that. So, sure. So yeah, it's been a, and two coming out here in the program, that was like very, very evident. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's probably, um, even kind of, we're all kind of talking about it. Maybe we'll talk about this from a more of a philosophical angle is the idea of this enchantment Mm. you know i think about lee going well like literally it was as big as a football field but Mm. but it felt right incredibly large you know there was a place that you can get lost and you know i think about um there's a lot of places in our worlds now that we can feel shame as adults Mm. quote unquote but the wilderness was a place of that that escaped shame like we could actually like be boys I mean, I even think about your class, Candler. Like, when we go into the the, the back country, and you know, and we're I don't know, we're snowshoeing at twelve thousand feet, you know, and we <laughs> even a quick story. Uh, I don't know why it came to my mind, but I can remember Colin this past summer. You know, we're walking on these snow shelves uh, yeah. on top of the creek, and we're like, "Hey, Colin, don't go near there." And then we well, we were sliding down. We were sliding. Down. Yeah. Whatever you do, don't go near the hole in the ice. <laughs> With the fast-moving water. Right, underneath it. And, you know, we turn around and Colin's holding on for dear life. 
Um, <laughs> do not try this at home. Do not. not home. Yeah. yeah. Or not unless you just come up for next summer. We'll put you in a hole real quick. But uh, <laughs> the, uh, but the idea is that wilderness is this place that we can't control. Um, mm-hmm. And there's something um, stimulating about that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't use that word lightly, but this idea that as a boy, you know, I think about you, you know, you were talking about this rural land of discovery of gathering and hunting and, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're making a living off of, you know, the land, you know, all of that. And I I think there's something in man's heart that um, wants to embrace the wild, but also find some sort of control in it or some sort of place in it, I guess. Um, And yeah, I mean, as a kid, like I would go into the, you know, the woods or whatever and like build forts. And that was like, I'm almost establishing myself in this place, but wanting to live, I don't know, I guess, symbiotically with it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and really at its core, what I really wanted to do is live a wild life, to live in tune and along with the wild. Even if I necessarily couldn't control it, I at least wanted to dwell there. Um, and I think, yeah, from a philosophical standpoint, I think whatever we do, if, even if we can't go into the woods every weekend or go hunting or whatever, like we as men our hearts need that place of wildness. Um, and, and that can look like any number of things, but, you know, relationally or, you know, whatever. But um, I did you know. about 18 years of Christian camps and yeah. had tons of different people come out from Chicago for retreats. And um, they're always like, oh, man, I can just hear God so much better. Mm. You know, God's in the wilderness. And I'm like, no, he's everywhere, you know. <laughs> he's just easier to hear. Yeah. When you're in the woods. Right. Yeah. Because you know the honking horns and the cell phones and the radios and all that stuff going on. For sure. And I think I think for me as a kid, I I was just looking at a clip of, of Bagger Vance, the legend of Bagger Vance and the part where in the movie where Will Smith is talking about the authentic swing and all of nature kind of slows down and moves slowly. That that was kinda of always my experience as mm. a kid. And even today, like if I can put my feet in the ground and just look and watch. Um, everything kind of slows down and my heart kind of beats with what's around me and just this peaceful place. Yeah. But, I, but I know for us in, in at Training Ground, uh, we love wilderness for a lot of different reasons. But one is it, is it tells our participants, it shows them who they are and who, who they're not. Mm. You know, like there's this testing that happens against who they think they are and what they think they can accomplish. And we've got tons of stories about you know, guys that have learned lessons really quick, like like the guy that we told to bring waterproof pants, and he showed up with his blue jean Wranglers and a, bot- a can of Scotch Guard that was waterproofing his jeans as oh, we wow. left the trailhead. I mean, doesn't work. Yeah. You know, like you learn really quickly that there are other people that have gone before you, and what they say might actually be helpful to listen mm-hmm. to. You know, yeah. When it's uh, and that was something that I found like because we'd even talked about this before I got out of here. Um, I was pretty intimidated by the natural cause I've never been out here. I was like an East coast kid. Um, so yeah, even though like, I think there's a rise to a challenge, but also a humility and being like, yo, I have no idea what to do right now. And this mountain, I feel like is about to kick my butt. So even with the snowshoes, like I was like watching for Corey, like, okay, is he putting his shoes on? <laughs> okay. Maybe I should do the same thing. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think to yeah stepping into that wilderness again even channeling back to last week the the notion of brotherhood and and being willing to give advice but also take it 
in these in these situations. Yeah, so. there, there is a place in wilderness. I think um, you have to feel small. Yeah. Um, whatever that that could mean, anything. You could be standing on the shore of the ocean. You could be standing on the top of a fourteener. You could be standing on top of anywhere, like a sand dune or a pasture. You, there's a place that you you. You have to feel smaller than your environment and be okay with it. You really yeah. don't have a choice. And it's almost kind of like the sooner that you embrace that, the better or the quicker that you experience the fruit completely of the wilder- of, of the woods. And I, I think, you know, you kind of look back over even kind of if we are to pull, you know, references, especially from the Old Testament. I mean, the, God made a lot of men in the wilderness, including Jesus. And... Yeah. Um, and they were places of mystery. I think that's really something to to embrace is the idea that it's um, in the in the wilderness. It's not just all black and white. Mm. Um, and there is something about solving a problem in the moment. You know, it's yeah. like we don't have water. Where do we find water? Okay, yeah. how do we sanitize the water so we can drink? You know, well, we don't have shelter. You know, we don't have this, and we don't have firewood. Where do we find firewood? Because we need heat. You know, and light and so there are problems to solve that require you to kind of dig into a different kind of set of tools yeah. in your life. But, mm. you know, for sure, they're, they're just as crucial because there is. There is this alchemy. There's this mystery that, you know, kind of out of these wilderness experiences come a man. Mm-hmm. And, um, and obviously, you know, we can talk about David and... Joseph, John, Jesus, yeah. everybody, yeah, whoever, yeah, all of them went into the woods. Every man, everybody, in the Bible. every man in the Old Testament went in, yeah. you know, went into some type of wilderness. Yeah, we can also talk about the Tylers and the Collins and the Benjamins, and oh, you know, like how many, how many times, Corey, have you seen a guy who, in the previous twenty-four hours, was at sea level, made their way out to, to <laughs> Colorado Springs? We drove, you know, four hours or whatever to Estes Park. The next morning, they're hiking. And they get to this vista somewhere around thirteen thousand feet, and they see these see these glacial lakes and these and they're and just it's just like wow. insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there is a beauty, and I know we that I feel like that's kind of overused a little bit, but there is this kind of breathtaking beauty um, because I think it's visceral. I don't think I think mm-hmm. it's it's not just something you can see in a picture, but no. you know I can I can remember even kind of hiking snowy range at Medicine Bow Peak. And to, to do that, you have to leave base camp about 2 in the morning. And, you know, the majority of your hike is is um, by headlamp. And, you know, I can, I can still remember taking guys up and it's snowing sideways and we're on this huge kind of 45-degree angle because we're trying to switch back up to the peak and and literally take the guys and say, hey, shine your light down, you know, and it's 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 about 600 yards. Wow. And I'm like here's here's the reality of this is that I mean and we run a catcher but still I mean who's going to catch somebody that you know slips but yeah. there is that place of like <laughs> oh my gosh what have I done? Yeah. And um, until you look you don't even know you don't realize right, the danger. Right. I mean it's like we just shared a Colin falling in the hole. I mean yeah. If he if he goes under the ice shelf into the creek below. I don't know if or when he's going to come to out. Come out. Yeah. 
Um, and I know that's, I'm sure there's some guys out there that are like, hey, I think I'll do training out there. Like, <laughs> that's a little spooky. I don't want to die. Again, do <laughs> not try this at all. <laughs> I don't want to die the third we didn't go out. Man. We didn't go out looking for holes in the ice. No. And literally told one, Colin, Colin one not to get near it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there are certain places in the wilderness, you know, that each guy in training ground gets to, like you're saying, Lee, is this like, holy cannoli, how did I end up here? Yeah. And And that's. That's actually for for me. When I see that happen, I know God's doing something. Oh, for and sure. It's one of the quickest way to redefine uh, so many things. Mm-hmm. You're like I, I can't. I, I mean, countless times guys have come back from the hike and said, "Like, I never thought I'd be in this place. Yeah, or I never thought I'd see stuff like this." And then all of a sudden, they're asking other questions, like, "What else can I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, do? what can I experience? It, well, it opens a door. I mean, and that was a big thing for me, like coming. I mean, yeah, like I said, I'd never been to this part of the country. So, like, I get to the top of this thing. We get to this massive lake. Sure. And I'm like, what on earth? Like, I feel like I'm in a screensaver right now. (laughs) It's the same way. I mean, I can remember one. I mean, we we just, you know, when we opened Sarasota uh, in 2016, there were multiple times we were offshore, 22 miles offshore, and a storm rolls up, and you're in six-foot waves, and you're going, this could be it. Like. And then maybe that's when it gets good. When you start going, this could be so. it, you know, because there's like it's it's so thrilling. Again, like yeah, there's just this almost like constant awareness when you're out there of how small you are, mm-hmm. and two, how constant like nature is. Right, you know? and there is this one other piece that I we're missing, um, and I, I think there there obviously are there are places in the wilderness that we we. Um, embrace them uh, on on an individual basis. Mm. So, like you know, we do solos, or we, you know, sometimes I'll fish by myself, you yeah. know, um, or maybe I'm sitting in a hunting stand and I'm I'm by myself, right? Mm. And there's time of reflection and contemplation, but there's also um, a deep value in shared experience. Mm-hmm. Meaning like, again, not to overuse the Colin part where he's almost dying, but we all remember Cody running to his Still rescue, springs. right? Yeah. And, but, but we share that story as a, a bond in brotherhood, which Completely. we just talked about last week. Yeah. Um, and so there is that place of like, hey, do you remember when? And I, we, were, we were just in Chattanooga last, this past weekend. We talked to Rem, who was from our class in 09. And he was still talking about places in uh, the Snowy Range that happened almost, you know, twelve years ago. That he was still going. These are the the share. These are the shared experiences I had with my class that were like, yeah. Do you remember that we took our air mattresses and we climbed up that mountain? We used them as sleds, and we, you know, I mean, there's just so many different different stories that we could kind of dip into. Yeah. But they are they're 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 glue. Yeah. Relationally, so they're they're binding for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, and. Even at the 15-year anniversary, like up in the Tetons, I mean, we were talking to guys, and I would notice, like, we all had similar shared experiences, but two of them from the same year would start talking about things. I had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> yeah. And then me and Alex or whatever are cutting up about something that happened a few weeks ago. So it's almost like this fully encompassing thing, but there's also these pockets of richness, um, yeah, that are just... Sure. That is, that is so... Sure. So awesome. I, I do want to, you know, we're, we're going to finish this one up, but I, I do want to throw a disclaimer out there. Um, and I do want you to speak to this, Candler. Yeah. Um, it is this idea of kind of um, demystifying the idea that for me, the wilderness isn't just the backcountry, mm-hmm. meaning I don't have to necessarily be six miles off pavement, pavement to feel 
the mm-hmm. feeling of wilderness. Um, mm-hmm. And I had shared earlier before the podcast that I I went to a college that was um, inner city, uh, urban in, in Richmond, Virginia, but I'd grown up near farmland. And so the, you know, the country mouse, city mouse situation going into um, that felt very similar mm. yeah. of just learning how the city works. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, Candler, you had spent some time in New York City and would want to, I would love for you to just share kind of even just your thoughts of kind of, again, going into an environment that you're not in control of, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of operates by its own set of rules and, and going, well, hey, how did that shape me? You yeah. know, what did I learn during that time? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing was just the excitement of it. I mean, yeah, you're going into this new environment and to like the only really way I could tell that the leaves were changing was on like the sidewalk. There'd be like a tree, you know, sitting there or whatever. And I'm like, okay, it's starting to come fall. There's some color change. But, um, but I think mainly, yeah, it was kind of almost this idea of being thrown into something, like you said, like completely out of my element. Like I had to learn the subway system. I had to learn like, okay, like how do I get to class or whatever? I was up there for art school and like, um, so I think, yeah, like no matter where you are in the world, um, I think that there's adventure that's there. Um, and I think more than anything that's helped me is just being in tune with my own heart and that, and that need. Um, and then being like, okay, in this situation and today, how can I step into that and be aware of that? Um, so yeah, I mean, New York was wild. I definitely missed the green and the trees and everything, (laughs) but in its own way, it was its own kind of wild West where, yeah, adventure needed. I needed to rise up to to step into it. So I feel like we could do a whole other episode on this oh, yeah, easily. Completely. So yeah, um, well yeah, thank y'all so much for hanging out and talking about uh, the wilderness. And we will be back next week. See y'all soon. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us for TG Garage Talks. We are currently accepting applications for Training Ground Colorado 2022 and Training Ground Chattanooga 2022. Now guys, I cannot begin to tell you how life-changing Training Ground has been for me. So if anything we've talked about in this episode or in other episodes have stirred anything in your heart, um, please, man, look into coming out with us. It's going to be a blast and we can't wait to have you. You can find us at www.trainingground.com and you can also find us on Instagram at Training Ground Colorado as well as Training Ground Chattanooga. Well, until next time, guys, this has been Candler English with Training Ground Garage Talks. See you soon.